today. It's the day that we celebrate that he came and he saved us. Amen? Amen. 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 This, is, this is the day of the triumphal entry. at home. Hey, good morning, everyone online, too. Hey, this, this is such an incredible week that we are coming into Passion Week, Resurrection Sunday, the last week of Jesus' life. This morning, we're celebrating Palm Sunday. That's why you guys all got a palm at the, at the front door as you hopefully watched the video and read the scriptures and participated in that moment. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's what today's about. Amen. Jesus Christ entered into Jerusalem 2,000 years ago to finally, after three years of, of walking with his disciples, telling his disciples, don't tell them who I am. He, he, he would heal somebody and then he would say, don't tell anyone what happened to you. Why? Because there was a purpose and a timing that he was going to wait until he came in and all of Jerusalem was stirred up as the people who were following finally said, it's time, it's time. Our Messiah is going to go into Jerusalem. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And if you've been in church, you've heard that word, Hosanna. Uh, in fact, you're going to hear it a lot this morning as we worship because a lot of the songs we're doing have the word Hosanna in it this morning. And you typically hear that uh, most on this Palm Sunday, this triumphal entry day. The word Hosanna means save us or God save us. It was a cry of praise, but it was also an understood uh, understanding that it meant save us. They were looking to Jesus, the Messiah, to save them. Are you looking to Jesus this morning to save you? As we go into worship this morning, one of the things uh, we want to do is lift up his name and make that proclamation, Lord, save us. But as we come in, we're coming in from a different vantage point than they were. They were coming in from not really fully still knowing who Jesus was. For them, Jesus was going to come in and take his rightful place in Jerusalem as the king. And we're going to get into that into the message. But, but the question this morning is, what are you hoping to be saved from? And try to connect that with, Lord, is that what you came to save me from? Is this what you came to do in my life? Or are, are you coming to do something that, that I might be missing? During this morning's message, we're going to talk about the people who missed what Jesus was actually coming to do. They were there on Palm Sunday, like we're here this morning, praising God, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, waiting for the, the, king, uh, the king to come in the name of King David, in the name of God, in the line and lineage of King David to be the rightful king. And they were saying, come and save me. But many of them, as we'll see today, weren't there just hours and days later when they began to understand what Jesus came. Jesus came to set us free from our sin. Amen. Jesus came to give us hope, but not hope that this world is going to get better. Because actually, it says, the scriptures kind of teach that it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And, and Jesus, in his final week, he got really straightforward with the disciples saying, listen, this temple is going to be destroyed. This city is going to be destroyed. They're going to come after you. They're going to kill you. And then he says, but not a hair on your head will be harmed. And I don't know if you've read that, or if you've been reading this week. If you've been reading this week, but, but that was the, the same time he said, not a hair on your head will be harmed. 
and yet they're going to kill you. I don't know about you, when I read things like that in the Bible, I go, huh? Because you can destroy this body, but you can't destroy this spirit, this soul, and my new body. See, we get a new body. And I'm really glad that all my hair will be back in place. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really sad that I'm short because tall people get to see my bald spots. You know, I, I, wish, I wish I was taller because then nobody could see that I'm really losing it up there. Not a hair on your head will be harmed, and yet they were harmed. But what is that? Because Jesus came to set us free from our sin. Jesus came to give us hope and a new life. When we're singing Hosanna, we're saying, Lord, I need you. I need you to rescue me sometimes from me. We need to be rescued from ourselves at times and the things that we want to walk into and get into. So as we go this morning, I encourage you to just worship him wholeheartedly. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and, and get into place and get, get, as we get ready to start. Um, but as, as we worship this morning, pour out your heart, sing, celebrate, clap, dance, do all these things as we celebrate him. Imagine Jesus coming in saying, I'm coming. And you're like, Lord, we need you. We need you. You can swing your palm branches. That's what they did. They, they would throw them on the ground. They would raise them up. They were worshiping the coming king. They were so excited. Let's be excited. Let's, let's listen to the words as well. Think about the message that's inside, in, in these songs. Some of these songs uh, have lines about the resurrection. Now, in, in, in uh, some liturgical churches, they would say, we can't do that song this week because it, it, it infers the resurrection. Many years ago, many, many years ago, I was in a meeting with pastors. I was not a pastor at the time, and, um, but I had been asked to go to, co to the minister's meeting um, because I was doing performing dramas. They were called human videos to music. And I had this one called Watch the Lamb about, about the crucifixion of Jesus. And it was a powerful video, a powerful song um, about... Uh, Rufus, uh, about the, the man who uh, carried the cross um, of Jesus. And, and he was there telling the story with his children about watching the little lamb that they had brought for the sacrifice. And at the end of the song, it said, watch the lamb. And they pointed to Jesus. Powerful. It's a wonderful song. So they had asked me to come and uh, to, to minister the song for Easter, but we had to get the approval of the ministerial board because it was at the community Easter service. So I'm sitting around this table. This is, this is 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago. And, and the person who invited me to come and, 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 and asked to be there, Pastor Jeff, he couldn't make it. And so I was sitting there with all these pastors who didn't know me from Adam. I was probably 20 years old. And, and the person who was giving the message that year said, uh, you know, I, we, we presented it one week and then we met a couple weeks later to talk about it. And he says, I've thought about it. It's not doctrinally correct to do a, a drama about the crucifixion on the day of the resurrection. We can only talk about the resurrection on Easter Sunday. Now, this, this drama was a perfect setup to preach the resurrection. The drama ends with Jesus dying. You preach your way out of that. It would be a perfect setup for any pastor. Amen. But it wasn't doctrinally correct to do that. If we get lost in those things, we will miss. We today are on this side of the resurrection. We are on this side of the crucifixion. 
So we're talking about the resurrection of Jesus because this day for us isn't about the king that we don't know who he is coming into Jerusalem. This day for us isn't about the king who's going to come in and become the next president of the United States. We don't need a Messiah complex to come and try to be our president. We need a Messiah to come and save us from our sin, to save us from ourself, to give us hope for the future. So this morning as we worship, think about these songs and worship Him because you know the Jesus who's coming in today as we sing, Save Us. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. I'm looking around, Lord, and I'm seeing trouble everywhere. I'm looking around, God, and I get depressed when I watch the news. Lord, I'm looking around and, and I'm getting sucked into all of these things on social media or, or conspiracies or all these things, and I've got to set my mind and my heart, my affection, and my eyes on you. Amen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So we're going to worship this morning. I just encourage you to, to we're going to stand, but if you get tired, we don't want you to stand and be uncomfortable and then the whole time going, I'm uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable. Sit down, kneel, walk, pace, dance, come to the altar. Don't let anything distract you. It's one of the reasons, church, that I, and sometimes it's a fight. Sometimes I like, let's turn off the lights, and then somebody turns them back on. <laughs> one of the reasons I like to dim the lights during worship is so you're not distracted. And it's, it's, I don't know about you, but, you know, I've got ADSD. That's attention deficit squirrel disorder. <laughs> if I'm worshiping and somebody starts talking, somebody starts moving, somebody starts doing things, I go, huh? What are they doing? What's Where are they going? And I know some of you are the same. The moment that happens to you, you're not in worship anymore, are you? That's why I like to sit in the front because then I don't have to see you guys picking your nose. Just kidding. I don't have to see you get up and go do whatever it is that you do. So, so I encourage you, if you're that way, make that bold step. Say, I'm going to the front because I get distracted all the time. We want to worship the Lord and not be distracted. With the other thing we try to do, or I try to do, again, so sometimes fight, I like to have the volume up a little bit. And here's why. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you my secret. Because some of you say it's, it's a little loud. Actually, you don't say that because it's never too loud. <laughs> if it was up to me, it'd be a little too loud. And here's why. Some of you won't sing. If you hear yourself sing, I know you. You start singing, and the moment you go, Lord, I love, you stop singing. I try to get the volume up a little bit so you can't really hear yourself, but together we make a beautiful noise in concert. So that's just, I'm just telling you my secrets, okay? I do that all the time. So we're gonna, are you ready to worship? You ready to celebrate the Lord this morning? Amen, let's do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning and the opportunity to gather together as believers. Father, we thank you that, Lord, we are on this side of triumphal entry. We are on this side of Resurrection Sunday. We know that Friday's coming this week, but we know what happens on Sunday. Father, we are so grateful for all that you have done all that you did in our life. God, we thank you that for all that you want to do in our life and in our heart. Lord, we pray that as we would worship today, God, that you would come and visit us. Father, let today be a day that you would come into this sanctuary as you did uh, into Jerusalem. 
that we might sing to you, Blessed are you, Lord. Blessed are you who came in the name of God Almighty to show us who you are, who we are, and show us our need for a Savior. Father, help us to connect with you, Lord. We cry out today, save us, because we need to be saved from our sin. We need to be saved from ourself. We need to be saved from the media. We need to be saved from so many things. Come, come this morning as we, we worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand this morning. has overcome we worship you let's shout hosanna shout hosanna jesus he saves shout hosanna he rose from the grave come and lift him up hosanna now let the lost be found Death could not hold him down He's risen So let the saints cry out We worship you We will shout Hosanna Jesus he saves Shout Hosanna He rose from the grave Come and lift him up Hosanna same power that rolled the stone away the same power alive in us today king jesus we call upon your name no other name the same power that rolled the stone away the same power alive in us today king jesus we call upon your name no other name shout hosanna jesus he saves shout hosanna he rose from the grave come and lift him up hosanna shout hosanna jesus he saves shout hosanna he rose from the grave Come and lift him up, Hosanna, come and lift him up, Hosanna, come and lift him up, Hosanna, come and lift him up, Hosanna.
that together. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause He hung upon that cross and He rose up from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Let's sing that again. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. Shout out your praise. Shout out your praise. Shout out your praise. Hallelujah, Lord. 
is rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you. We long for you. When we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. Washed away, Hosanna, Hosanna. You are the God who saves us. Worthy of all our praises, Hosanna, Hosanna, come have your way among us, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus, hear the sound of hearts Turning to you, we turn to you. In your kingdom, broken lives are made new. You make us new. Because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna. You are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna. Come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. All our fears are washed away. Sing that again. When we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears, they're washed away. They're washed away. Hosanna. Hosanna. You are the God who saves us, worthy 
of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna, come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us. Worthy of all our praises. Sing that again, Hosanna. 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 Come have your way. Come have your way among us. Welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Come have your way. Come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Come have your way among us. Welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Let's just sing that word, Hosanna. 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 with fire the whole earth shakes the whole earth shakes I see his love and mercy washing over all our sin the people sing People sing Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith, with selfless faith. I see a near revival stirring as we pray and seek. We're on our knees. 
on our knees. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the save us. Lord, you would come and break our hearts for the things that break yours. God, I pray that even as we sang that song, and it said, I see a generation rising up to take their place of selfless faith. God, we don't see that. We don't see a generation rising up, but in faith, Lord, we declare it and we see it, God. God, help us by faith to see that which you see. Lord Jesus, God, help us to enter into the things that you have for us, God, stepping wholeheartedly, radically into the life that you have, God. God, help us to get our eyes off of us and our selfies. God, help us to get our eyes off of this world and all the things that are happening here, God, and help us to set our eyes on you, 
the author and a finisher of our faith, God. God, help us to know that your name is great. God, that your name is powerful, that there's power in the name of Jesus. God, help us to know that your name destroys all things that get in our way from serving you. God, your name opens roads for us to walk on. Your name causes the seed apart. God, we thank you that the power of your name is victorious, Lord Jesus. There's a name that levels mountains Carves out highways in the sea I've seen its power unravel battles Right in front of me There's a faith that stands defiant Sends Goliath to his knees. Sways and rival shackles right off my feet. That's the power of your name. Just a mention makes a way. Giants fall and strongholds break, and there is healing. That's the power that I claim It's the same that rolled the grave There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus There's a hope that calls out courage In the furnace unafraid The kind of daring expectation That I make Isn't an empty grave That's the power of your name just a mention makes a way Giants fall and strongholds break There is healing That's the power that I claim It's the same that rolled the grave There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus I 
Your sea you press ahead Your power is dangerous to the enemy's camp You still do miracles You will do what you said For you're the same God now as you've always been Your spirit's breaking out Your kingdom moving in Your victory claims the ground that the enemy had You still do miracles You will do what you said For you're the same God now as you've always been That's the power of your name Just a mention makes a way Giants fall and strongholds break and there is healing That's the power that I claim It's the same that rolled the grave There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that there is no power like the mighty name of Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. This world is coming and putting pressure and pressing in on us saying that we need to bow Jesus' knee to the name of cultural sensitivity. God, but you are the only one that have the words of life. God, stir up your church. Stir up your church this morning, this Passion Week. God, I pray that something would happen in the atmosphere. Something would happen even this week in the church of Jesus Christ of in its present day saints. Today, this week, stir us up. Pour out your spirit. God, let this sleeping giant arise and awake and make a difference. God, as part of the body of Christ, each and every one who confesses you to be their Lord and Savior, God, I pray that you would wake us up Stir us up and send us out. God, send us to our neighbors. Send us to our workplaces. Send us to our families. Send us to the store, Lord, where we might be a witness, where we might show the love of Jesus, but also show the power of Jesus. Standing up for what you taught us and you said we should believe in. Believe in you. For only you have the words of life. You are the hope of this world. 
God, we hear a lot of talk about the end times, Lord. If it's the end time, there's a lot of people who need to hear the message of Jesus Christ. So do something this morning, this week, not just here in the Journey Church, God. Do something. We pray for believers all through this valley, through this county, through this state, this nation, this world. Stir us up. Pour your spirit out, God. Lord, I pray that 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 thing that we thought might have been a revival happening at Asbury, God, Lord, that there would be a true revival marked with changed lives, marked with repentance, marked with mass amounts of people coming to faith and walking away from their sin. That's revival, God. But this morning, let it begin right here in me. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone who believes that prayer says, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Love somebody, greet somebody, shake somebody's hand, shake their arms. I don't know, give them a big hug. Saludos a uno a otra en el nombre de Cristo. Dando brazos, besos. Well, good morning, Journey Church. I think that's the quickest you guys have always like gotten quiet. <laughs> hey, if you're joining us for the first time here at the Journey Church, we would love to get connected with you. One way you can do that is there are connection cards in the pockets of the seats, and you can fill out your information, and then you can put those in the tithe and offering boxes in the back of the room, or as the gentlemen come down for tithes, you can put them in the bags there. Um, oh, I feel like I'm in the way. Um, I just have a few announcements for us. One is most of us all know now that next week is Easter. Woo! <laughs> and so you see all these empty seats that we have here? We want to fill them. We want to answer the call as Pastor Rob was praying about bringing people to know who Jesus is, right? So they need to know these seats should be filled every single Sunday. And so we want to give you an opportunity to help you invite your family and friends. And so we have these Easter um, invitations here. So these are actually, this is awkward. <laughs> these are actually out on the little round table. So as you go, grab a couple of these. And if God has laid people on your heart, whether it's family or friends or like Rob said, coworkers, take one because sometimes it's easy. It's easy to hand something to somebody, and then it starts that conversation, right? Sometimes it's a little harder when you're just like, hey, want to talk about Jesus? Like <laughs> but so please take advantage of these um, so that you can invite your friends and family to church next week, and then hopefully they'll continue to come. And speaking of that, we want to clean up our house. And so we need your help in our house meeting this church building in this area so that we can prepare for all these seats to be filled next week, right? So we have a volunteer sign-up for things that you, maybe there's something that you see um, throughout the week that you are capable of doing. We've got things like leaf blowing or cleaning up the patio, uh, going around fixing things on the playground, 
maybe just cleaning up, picking up trash, raking, all sorts of different things that are potentially things that you can do um, throughout the week. And if you can, then you can give Pastor Rob a call. We'll make sure somebody's here and so that you can get in and get the supplies needed to help clean. And then also, there are two set things for sure that are happening on April 8th, which is next Saturday. And that is that we need help pulling out like the patio furniture because we're going to set up the whole patio area out there so that we can have breakfast together. Um, and then also setting up easy ups and stuff. I mean, it's cold. It's going to be cold, but we're going to do it. So <laughs> um, for the sake of Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> So just as a reminder, too, if you've signed up for food, which I do have the food sign up here as well, um, make sure you bring that. Service is starting at 8.30 that morning, so we're going to have breakfast at 8.30. So what time will you be here? Good job. <laughs> I have to do that with the youth kids to make sure that they get it. <laughs> um, so 8.30, come bring breakfast. And then if you are bringing food, we ask that maybe you could come a little bit earlier to make sure that it's out and ready to go for us to enjoy and fellowship with one another. So this sign-up sheet will be in the back before you leave. You can check it out. And then also, if you want to sign up for food, if you haven't already, or if you forgot what you signed up for, you can check out the list there. Ooh, okay, I think that's all the announcements that I have for us, right? Am I good? Checking, checking. Oh, Good Friday service. Thank you, Pastor Rob. We are going to have a Good Friday service at 6 o'clock here at the church. So guess what day that's on? Friday. Yes. <laughs> at 6 o'clock. So come. And again, we're just going to fellowship with one another. Um, you know, it's a somber day. It's the day that Jesus made that sacrifice for us. And so we're going to be talking about that and in preparation then for when he defeats death so before easter so come out six o'clock friday and with that i want to just as we're preparing for our tithes and our offerings um i was really touched by this song and i've heard it before but i was listening to it last night and it really stood out to me and it's called in everything uh, i'm sorry with everything and it's by hillsong so if you want to look it up later i encourage you to do that because it's an incredible song and it <laughs> definitely means more when you're hearing it with the music, but I wanted to read some of the lyrics to you as we're talking about tithing, and not just as tithing, but just in the whole spirit of what God's doing across this nation, and I do believe, because I've seen it, that God is stirring things up, and we want to we wanna be ready. We want to have our, our oil lamps filled to to tell the world about who Jesus is, and we want to give him our everything, and so I just want to encourage us with these lyrics, because I thought that they were so impactful, it says this, it says, so, so let hope arise and darkness tremble in your holy light. And every eye will see Jesus, our God, great and mighty to be praised. It keeps saying that. And then it says, God of all days, glorious in all your ways, your majesty, the wonder and grace in the light of your name. So let hope arise and darkness tremble in your holy light. And every eye will see Jesus, our God, great and mighty to be praised. With everything, with everything, we will shout for your glory. And it continues to say that over and over. And then it says, our hearts will cry, be glorified, be lifted high above all names. For you are king with everything. We will shout forth your praise. And here we are, Palm Sunday, Hosanna. We want to shout forth his praise. We want to give him everything, whether that's our finances, our relationships, our 
stresses, our anxieties, anything that's coming upon us, we want to lay it at the foot of the cross because Jesus needs to be glorified and he is worthy of everything. Amen? All right. So let's pray for that. Let's pray for our tithes and our offerings um, as we also want to give our hearts to God with everything that we have. Jesus, we ask just that. Lord, help us to have hearts that seek you in everything that we do. God, whether it's um, giving in our tithes and our offerings so that your kingdom can be furthered, so it can be expanded. God, we want the nation, we want the world to know who you are. God, help us to be a vessel and to be a tool. God, forgive us for the times that maybe we were scared. Forgive us for the times where we held back and didn't say the things that the Holy Spirit was nudging. God, help us to be bold and to be confident in knowing, just as the song said, it's the power that rose you from the grave that dwells inside of us. And so help us to use that power to bring you glory and to bring people into your family. God, and maybe, maybe all it is is just giving a little bit in our ties, Or maybe all it is is just serving every so often on a Sunday morning. Maybe it's just going next door and knocking on the door of our neighbor and talking to them. But God, we ask for your Holy Spirit. We ask for your presence and your leading and your guiding in everything that we do to help bring people into your family, Lord. God, we love you and we praise you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, to I told you I get easily distracted while she was praying. I don't know why I heard this, but I says, you know, as she was praying about going to our neighbors, I, I actually heard for a quick second and I was done. Help us to go to our neighbors and knock on our neighbors. <laughs> and I know she said doors. I know she did, but I got this picture of us knocking on our neighbors. <laughs> and then I realized some of our neighbors need some knocking on. You just want to go up to him and go, hello, you need Jesus. Do you, have, do you have people in your life that keep coming to you over and over again going, pray for me, I know you're a believer, pray for me, I have this problem, and we pray for them and we tell them, hey, you know what, you need, you need to come to church, you need to give your life to Jesus, thank you so much for the prayers, and they come back the next week or the next month, hey, can you pray for me, I'm having all these problems, and they've been going around this same mountain for months, weeks, years, and you just want to start knocking on them going, hello, because Jesus has the answer. The problem is, the truth is, we don't want that answer. It's not the answer we're going to find. We want the answer that says, make me feel good, make everything okay, but let me do things the way I want to do it. You ever had somebody you knew in your life that kept calling you saying, I ran out of gas? You know, people don't run out of gas anymore. What, what, something changed. Isn't that a good thing, maybe? But back in my day, I used to run out of gas. People used to run out of gas. And it was a simple thing. You know how you don't run out of gas? Put gas in your car. 
You know, AAA could tell us some of the people who like never pump up their tire, they leave their lights on, they don't get gas because they're repeat customers with that wonderful service as we'll come out and bring you a couple gallons. Why, why do some people do that? Because they don't change their behavior, they don't change the things that they need to change. And there's people around us that are doing that, but, but because they're not here this morning, I don't want to pick on them too much. So I'm going to pick on us. Because how is it that God is asking us to change? How is it God asking us to live? How is God asking us to respond to Him today? Now, I'll guarantee you, every one of us in this room this morning has things. We know what they are. The things that God has been putting His finger upon, maybe for years, saying, it's time to give that up. It's time to stop doing it that way. It's time to stop looking at it that way. And some of us, well, all of us, need to respond. Now, I'm not trying to lay a, a guilt trip on you. Here's, here's the thing that our, our flesh immediately wants to, and the devil, who's really active, and some people say, well, the devil's just not allowed in church. You know, I've, I've seen the devil in church. I have brought the devil to church. Bad attitudes, bad things where I keep it on, and I just kind of let him come right in the doors with me and whispering me the whole time. Why is that person singing like that? Why aren't they raising their hands? Why, 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 why? Yeah, why? You think that's from the Lord? So the devil comes to church. The devil comes to church and speaks to us as the pastor is speaking, saying he's just trying to condemn you. Who is he to say anything about what's going on in my life? Well, here's the thing is the Lord puts his finger on me and does the same thing. See, we need to hear that word from the Lord and not let the enemy come in and begin to change what the Lord wants to do and instead say, even as the prophet Isaiah was called, and he said, here am I. Or Samuel, and he says, I, I, I keep hearing this, this word, here I am. And, and finally, the, the prophet says, next time you hear the word, next time you hear a name, just say, Speak, Lord, I'm listening. Lord, speak to us. Speak to us. I, I want to hear your voice. There are things in my life that I should have conquered a long time ago, and I apparently am not getting the message. One of my neighbors needs to come over and knock on me. Lord, help me. Because I don't want to continue to live the way I've been living in the areas that I'm not seeing fruit, in the areas that I'm seeing difficulties, I want to stop seeing those. I want to stop living in those and start walking in the life that God has for me. How about you? It's tough, isn't it? Now, some of you are going, well, is this the, is, is this the Palm Sunday message? Yes. The Palm Sunday message is that Jesus came into Jerusalem and we were all excited about that. Isn't that an amazing, wonderful, powerful message? Jesus came into Jerusalem to say, I am the king that's coming. 
and the multitudes were there. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this so we can understand this story, this account of Jesus is in all four Gospels. Now, here's a little Bible study trick for you. When you find an account that's in all four Gospels, pay even more close attention to it. Do you know there's a, there's a number of things that are only in one or two or three? It's usually either one or three, but that aren't in all four. But when you find something that's in all four, it, there's something big. This is all four and this is big. The triumphal entry. It's the culmination of Jesus' ministry on earth, where, as I said this morning, he spent three years with his disciples. And, and if you were here when we did the walk through the book of Mark, one of the things we kept talking about is how the disciples kept not getting it. In, in fact, in, in men's group, uh, we, they went through Mark, they're going through Luke, and it's the same story in that gospel too. You're like, here they are back in the boat, not remembering that Jesus just fed all the, the thousands of people and they're worried about bread. And that's us. We look at all the miracles God has done and we forget that He's done miracles and we start worrying again. So as we, as we look at this time where Jesus spent the, those years with the disciples, it was a progressive revelation for them. I, we're going to hit this hopefully a little bit as, as we go on, but I want to say it now so you can put it in there, in your mind, and keep putting it in the message. One of the great parts of Jesus' progressive revelation of himself to his disciples and the fact that he hasn't killed them yet. <laughs> Didn't he say, how long do I need to put up with you? That's Jesus getting a little frustrated. How long do I need to put up with you? Progressive revelation. Have I been with you this long and you still don't get it? Progressive revelation. Oh, finally, Jesus goes, who do people say I am? Elijah, John the Baptist. Who do you say I am? You are the Messiah. And Jesus says, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. You're the Messiah. They got the revelation. Jesus is the Messiah. And that was the last time Peter ever struggled. It was awesome. I'm glad some people are snickering. You're the Christ. You're what we've been waiting for for a thousand years. Do you know Jesus? Nope. Aren't, weren't you with him? Uh-uh. I'm getting a few days ahead, okay? Peter, progressive revelation. You're the Christ and still denies him. And yet, God still didn't kill him. And Peter becomes the rock. Changes the world. Church, I'm, I'm excited today, and this might be heavy, but here's the part I want you to keep putting in the heaviness, is that we're on the journey of progressive revelation of learning who Christ is. We're growing. The Journey Church is about everyone growing one step closer to Jesus. Keep growing. Don't jump out of the boat. We got a long way to go. And a short time to get there. For some of you older people. 
We, do, we have a long way to go in our spiritual walk, but I'm telling you, the problem is, is the time before His return is getting a little shorter. So part of this message is a, is a call to us to action to say, we can't miss this. We can't miss Jesus. We can't miss growing. We can't miss getting stronger because the days are getting shorter. And so the disciples, now, now I'm going to try to, the rest of this message, start referring to the apostles as the twelve. And, and because at this point, he has a lot of disciples. A lot of people that have been following him regularly. We, we think of only the twelve. But Jesus took twelve of his disciples and he says, I am now making you the apostles. And, and, and we saw this in, in The Chosen this week. It was such a good one. And the moment he said that, it was such a good rem reminder to us in Revelation. The word apostle means sent out ones. So when Jesus said, you're my apostles, they went, wait. You're sending us out? We like it here with you. We just want to follow you and we're comfortable together. This is great. I like coming to church every Sunday. You're sending us out into the world? Uh-huh. Apostles. But he had a lot of disciples, these people that are following him. In that sense, we, uh, we all get to become apostles. We all get sent out after the resurrection. We'll get to that in a few weeks. He calls us together. He called the disciples together and he says, I'm sending you out two by two. And, and they went out and they came back and they were astonished because he had given authority at that point. But so here at the triumphal entry, he's got the apostles as well as disciples. You know, this was, we, we need to understand a little bit here what's happening. Proclaiming that there is another king besides Caesar is deadly to be looking to somebody to save you from, from, from what? Caesar, from Rome. So uh, imagine you've been taken over by another group of people, a country, and life is tough, but it's, it's okay, and, and they... They help you to understand that as long as you stay in line, we can get along semi-peacefully. You step out of line and, well, you see that big pole over there? We're going to crucify you to that because that's what they did. When Jesus said to his people, take up your cross and follow me, likely he was walking by a place that they had erected a cross because the Romans had just killed somebody for something. And they did it out in public so that people would get the message, don't cross us. No pun intended. See that one. So as Jesus comes into Jerusalem, they're taking a risk by telling and singing out, save us from the oppressor. The Roman soldiers probably take notice of that. These people are beginning to get riled up. Why? Because they know who Jesus is. They followed him. They've seen his miracles. They believe in him as much as they understand him. They believe this Jesus as much as they understand him. And they understand he does miracles. 
He comes against religious leaders. He goes against Rome in some things. And this might be the king, the Messiah. Hosanna, save us. And they throw their cloaks on the ground. Now, you got to think a little bit about this too. People didn't have the closets full of clothes that you and I have. Sometimes they only had one tunic or two or three. They didn't have a whole closet full of poorer people. And they're taking their garments, throwing them on the ground for the donkey to walk on. Maybe they won't even get it back. They're invested in this. They believe in this. Hosanna. Hosanna, come and save us. Jesus comes. Now, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. We'll be, I, I encourage you to read these passages this week. Um, if you're taking notes or if you want to listen later, Matthew 21, Mark 11, Luke 19, and John 12 are all the story of the triumphal entry. Now, you start reading there and read the rest of the story this week. If you can, read it in every gospel. You're going to see the teachings, the miracles, the, tempt the, the temptation of Christ. You're going to see the final night. You're going to see the Last Supper. You're going to see it all. And we prepare our hearts by reading what Jesus did. So he's coming in and they're declaring, Hosanna, come and save us. Multitudes of people. Fast forward a week. And they're crucifying Jesus. Where are the multitudes? Where'd they go? He fed 5,000 men plus women and children. 4,000 men plus women and children. It's the Passover feast, which means everyone's in Jerusalem for the Passover. He healed everywhere he went. Lepers, blind people all their family members, all of these people have been touched by Jesus and many of them are at this entry as He comes in proclaiming, you're the Messiah. And what happens to them within a week? I believe one of the things that happens to them is what happens to all of us. We get a little afraid of, of, of persecution. We get, but they began to question, wait, 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 what... What am I signing up for? That healing? That was awesome. Free lunch? That was great. That teaching? That was amazing. Against so much. I mean, love your enemy. Give to those who are... That's, he's an amazing teacher. This is awesome. But you're not going to save me from... My problems? My problem is Rome. My problem is that they're taxing me too much. And I don't like that. I want you to come and be the savior of the problems that I think you need to save me from. And Jesus comes and says, no, I've come to give you life. And life abundant. You're going to still be under the boot of Rome. Oh, thank you, Lord. That's not the message that we want to hear, is it? 
the disciples dispersed even, and they're, they're hiding. We find them this week. It's, it's a great read, and you go, wow, this is kind of crazy. They're, they're following, but they're following at a distance. And then when the crucifixion happens, they're all hiding in the room going, what do we do? What do we do? And Peter's not even there. Because at resurrection, they, they tell the disciples and Peter, don't forget Peter. They're lost. We're in good company. We're in good company because that's us sometimes. I have never always been faithful. I'm going to say it again. I have never always been faithful. He has always been faithful. So we're in good company. Zechariah 9, 9 and 10 The scripture that Jesus fulfilled on this day. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. says, I will cut off the chariots, verse 10, from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow, the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. This is the scripture he's fulfilling as he comes into Jerusalem. The problem is, is that they think that he's bringing peace now. These scriptures in 10, it says, I'm going to cut off the chariots from Ephraim. I'm going to cut off the strength and the war and everything from sea to sea. There will be peace. That's what they wanted, but he's not coming the way they think he's coming. See, Jesus came and he says, peace I give to you, not as the world gives my peace I give to you. He comes and in the midst of turmoil, he wants to bring you peace, peace of heart, peace of mind. He wants to bring you hope, hope not that everything is going to be okay in this place, now, his, his grace and His mercy is amazing. He provides for us and He keeps us with our food and our shelter and, and we're blessed beyond measure, most of us financially, and we have these blessings too, but the real blessing is coming. It's heaven. He comes... These disciples, they like him, but they don't understand him. Because they don't understand him, they fall away. 
and some return. After the resurrection, we find 120 disciples gathered together in the upper room. That's, that's a little bit better than just the handful that we're going to see over the next week. But a far cry from the thousands. But after the Holy Spirit is poured out, now you begin to, we're going to see as we spend a little bit of time again after and going into Pentecost, we begin to see thousands and thousands coming to faith. Because now the message is understood a little bit better. Oh, you weren't coming to fight Rome, were you? No. You didn't come to give me my best life now, did you? No. He didn't. Unless you understand that your best life now is free from sin. Your best life now is full of hope. Your best life now is joy of the Lord in the midst of difficult circumstances. Your best life now is not a new car. We've never had, really, we, we, well, there's, I guess there's two times in our, in our life, in my, in my life ever, in, in my wife and I's life, that we had a, a, a new, pretty new car. We've never owned a new car. But we, we've had a couple of times, once we had a two-year-old car, which was amazing. And, and recently, we, we bought a car it was kind of new. When my mom passed away, we were able to get a car that was three years old. And it was like, wow. Typically, our cars are about 15 years old. I'm still driving a 2002 Chevy truck with 280,000 miles on it. Okay. And I'm like, God, keep this thing together because when it goes, there's nothing to replace it. And we were so excited about that car. You ever get a new car? You excited about it? Some of you who, who don't typically drive new cars, when you get a new car, you're so excited. You're so excited. And, and, and in about a month or two, you're just driving a car, aren't you? You're like, I mean, it's nice. The heater works. doesn't leak. Those are things my truck does. But you just get in the car and you drive it. It didn't really change your life. Got a bigger home, got a better home. Oh, I've been waiting for this dream home forever. Got the right floors, got the right kitchen, got the right appliances. So happy for about a year. And then you're just stuffing the dishes in the dishwasher again. Is it nice? Sure. Did it change your life? Not like you thought. Christ did not come into Jerusalem go through Passion Week, suffer at the hands of his accusers, get beaten and bloodied, march up the hill to get crucified so you could enjoy your car. I know I'm picking on a message, but I don't want us to get lost in the message that Christ came to just make your life better here because then when something bad happens to you, you do what the disciples did, not the apostles. The disciples did uh, when they came in and he didn't take over and fight against Rome. This isn't what I signed up for. But if you understand 
and you press in to get to know who he is and what he did come for when he comes down into Jerusalem, into your Jerusalem, and he says, I want to set up my throne in your life. And you understand in truth what he's doing. You say, I need that. I want the car still. I want the house. These are wants, but I don't need those. More than anything, I need what you have. Life. Eternal life. And amazing, all the blessings that go with it on this earth. Peace, hope, love, joy, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, all those things are amazing blessings. If all Christ ever did was die for our sins so that we could go to heaven, left here and said, see you when you die, it would still be worth it to follow him. We need to get that. I need to get that. If that's all he would have done for me, it would be enough. Because the alternative isn't very good. Church, He loves you. He loves me. And He wants to come into our life today as He came into Jerusalem and change things. Now, He, he does a lot of teachings in here after the triumphal entry. And I, and I want to just hit them a little bit. They're, they're in... Um, well, well, they're actually, I think, all four of them. So I'm just going to refer to them so I don't spend too much time. Again, taking notes, Matthew 21, Mark 11, uh, Luke 19, John 12, and starting there from there. I read, I read all of these passages and, and, and in some of the books all the way to the end and some just for a couple of chapters to really get an understanding. Here's some things that he began to talk about. Well, one, he goes into Jerusalem and he cleanses the temple. Radical, radical thing. First, he lets people praise him. You can't do that as a Jew. You, you ever read the Old Testament? Every time an angel appeared to anybody in the Old Testament and people got scared and started worshiping the angel, what did the angel say? Don't do that. Nobody receives worship but God. So Jesus comes in and they're worshiping him. And that's why the religious leaders around said, stop them. And he says, haven't you read? Out of the mouths of babes, out of the mouths of infants and children, I've ordained praise. In other words, they're going to praise me. And if they don't, the rocks will cry out. It's a big statement. He's not denying any of it. He's not telling anybody to be quiet anymore. He used to. Don't tell anyone. It's not time yet. Not today. And then he goes in and he cleanses the temple. Bold. Bold. Drives out money changers. Because they, were, they weren't providing a good service. They were robbing the people. And then there's this, the fig tree. And you've, you've heard about the fig tree. And he goes up. There's no figs on it. And, and, and he, he curses the fig tree because it's not bearing fruit. And he tells a story of the fig tree that, that says... He, get rid of this fig tree. So there was a, an owner, he had a tree and, and it wasn't bearing fruit and it hadn't bore fruit, fruit for three years. And the vine dresser said, don't cut it down yet. Let me dig around it and let me put some manure on it and let's try to make this thing work. And then next year, 
If it doesn't bear fruit, you can go ahead and cut it down. You know, that's kind of weird. The, the owner had the tree for how many years? Three years. How many years did Jesus walk with his disciples? Three years. Oh, interesting. They weren't bearing much fruit yet. Let's cut it down. The vine dresser says, no, not yet. Not yet. Give it a little bit more time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with this tree. This tree can bear fruit still, but if it doesn't, then cut it down and burn it in the fire. God is the owner of the tree. Jesus is the vine dresser. We are the tree. And we need to bear fruit. And the Lord has been digging around your tree, giving it nutrients, causing things to want to grow. Here's the, here, here's, I'm going to get a little uh, uh, off color, and I always do, so I guess it's okay. In your life, Jesus has been doing some digging, and he's been letting you have some manure. You know what I'm talking about, what that manure is in your life. All that stuff you didn't want, because manure is kind of disgusting. He says, no, no, no. This stuff that you think is bad, it's going to bring life. Start bearing fruit. The next part, Jesus spends a lot of time in these next passages. I want you to read them this week. He starts talking about the coming of the King, the coming Messiah. I'm coming again. Will I find faithfulness on the earth? He spends a lot of time talking about when God comes back. See, there is a finite amount of time left for this world. This world is passing away. And, and, you know, read the Bible and compare it to the newspapers. It seems like it's coming really, really soon. And there are people categoric, categorically saying it is happening soon. Some people are even trying to put votes on it, like, like timelines on it. Timelines. It's going to come within a year, within 10 years. I believe the time, I know the time is shorter than it was, and I believe the time is running close. Bear fruit before it's time to be cast into the fire. Revelation 1.7 says, Behold, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of Him. Why would we be wailing and not rejoicing? Because maybe we're on the wrong side. We're not ready for His returning. Because the day of the Lord, 2 Peter 3.10, says, will come like a thief. The heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Even though we don't know the day or the hour, only the Father does, Matthew 24. So we shouldn't be putting any dates on it. But He's coming, and according to Matthew 24.44, at an hour that you do not expect.
John 14 gives us hope. And John 14 is that great time after the Last Supper that he goes out with his disciples. And we will be doing communion in just a minute, so I need to wrap that up. This reminded me. He says, after that Last Supper, he, he talks to his disciples, kind of giving him his last speech. And he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to a place to prepare it for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. In Luke 21, again, after his triumphal entry, as he's talking about, listen, the time is drawing close. You need to watch yourself. He says, watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. This is what the enemy wants us to do. This is what, what uh, you know, we, Shannon and I were having a conversation even just this morning. Social media does a couple of things to us, but it, it, it keeps us focused on this world. And, and, and I said something, and sometimes I say th some things that surprise me. I don't always think about these things. And I went, wow, I think that that's true. Isn't it interesting that a lot of people, when they look at somebody's post about all the awesome things that are happening in their life, rather than rejoicing with them, going, that is so cool, we say things like, yeah, but when's it my turn? When do I get to go to Disney? When do I get the new car? When do I get the better house? We see people having favor and good things happening, and rather than rejoice with them, we turn it back on ourselves. And then the other is true, too. When we see bad things happening, we're like, yeah, everything's bad. And we start focusing on ourselves. Watch yourselves. Don't be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. It will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth, but stay awake. Go knock on your neighbor. Stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that, you, that are going to take place and stand before the Son of Man. Pray that you're going to have strength to escape the things that are going to take place. That's the best life now? That sounds like a scary life now. But he says, it's okay, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, and they, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. Do not fear, says the Lord. Because we are waiting, Titus 2.13, for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what the triumphal entry means. That's what Palm Sunday is. Christ is coming. And he's already come. The message title today, if I had what was, was the coming king has come and is coming again. The coming king, they were waiting for the coming king. We are too. And he's come. And we need to understand that he's come, but he's coming again. This is what we're celebrating and thinking about this week. This whole week is about him returning again after he's made the sacrifice for our sins. I'm going to ask the usher to go ahead and go get the elements and pass them out real quick. This should make us excited. This should cause joy to come into our life. See, if we had a testimony time now and just says, tell of a time that, that the Lord met you 
I'm going to pray for these elements. When you get them, don't, don't take them. We're going to do it together. Fathers, Joe and Steve pass out the elements for the communion. I pray that you would bless them. Bless the, the juice. Bless the bread that we take. Father, we thank you that they represent the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus broken for us. His blood spilled out for our sins. Bless this the next couple of moments before we partake. Help us to connect with you in Jesus' name. He's come. He's coming again. We are a blessed people above all others. I, I believe most of us in this room have asked Jesus to be our Lord. Now, as I said, it's progressive. So some of you are still understanding and learning. And, and I, I want to invite you to keep growing and learning and in, invite you to connect into a small group or ask somebody who knows more than you. I need to grow. I need to learn. One of the resources we have at this church is right now media. Go onto our website. Go to the media section. There's an opportunity for you to, uh, to have discipleship materials, videos, Bible studies through Right Now Media. You can start your journey of faith there, but there's a lot of other resources. We have things here. Keep growing because you're growing. You're in a progressive relationship. I know things about my wife now. She knows things about me that I did not know when we got married, she didn't know things about me that, that she knows now that she wished that she would have known then because maybe she wouldn't have had to suffer. She could have picked somebody else. But see, we've had a progressive relationship. It, it, you, you keep growing, and that's what we're doing with Christ. So keep growing. Keep getting understanding in Him. The coming king has come. He's coming again. Even the disciples at this point were still not getting it. Even for this coming week, you know, no, 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 don't. They just, they didn't, they didn't really want to get it. Let's make our prayer, Lord, help me to, to get it. Help me to get the revelations about you that I need. I'm going to understand you in a deeper, amazing, intimate way. One of my problems when I stand before you and I try to teach or I preach the word is that whatever I say in this 45-minute period of time is, is like this much. And I, and I want to, sometimes I can only say it and I'm like, but if, if, if you only hear this message you will get a wrong picture of Jesus. Because sometimes my message is like, hey, you know, we got we to gotta do better. We got to, you know, submit to him. We want to grow. He's going to chop us off and throw us into the fire. And you might walk away going, if I'm not perfect, I'm going to burn. Well, no, there's so much more. That's why you got to keep reading, keep growing, keep listening, keep coming to church. Keep... Because there's other message that says that the grace He has for us is so vast. His love for us. We're going to talk about love in 1 Corinthians after Easter. 
I mean, the love of God is, is amazing. And so each week it's just a little tiny piece and we keep building upon it, building upon it, growing in our revelation. I, th I thought about putting communion off until next week because it's Resurrection Sunday. And, and really, if you're going to have communion this week, you need to do it on Thursday. Could you do it on Thursday? Thursday's the, the night. Now, some people say it's Wednesday night, and we won't get into that. But we traditionally celebrate it on Thursday. The, the foot washing, the Last Supper, is the night that he actually did what we're doing today. Where we get it happens this week. It's exciting. And it was Passover, Seder. You know, if, if you can't do that again, you could even look up online and, and learn about what the Seder dinner is. Maybe you could watch somebody celebrating a Seder dinner. There's a lot of symbolism in that Jewish pre-Jesus ceremony. But one of the things that happened is, is they would take bread and, and it wouldn't have had leaven because at the Passover, remember the, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, he says, you're going to have to go quick, so make for yourself bread without leaven. You don't have time to let it rise. You just, you just make some, some bread. And basically, it's a cracker. It really is. They've been eating this same stuff, matzah bread, for thousands of years. It's bread without leaven. That's why it's not fluffy. Well, leaven represents sin. But they would make this, and there was multiple cups at that meal. And the cup of redemption is one of them. And, they, and he took that bread and he says, now, there was a covenant that, that you were under before. There's been a lot of covenants, but I'm making a new covenant with you. It's in my blood. It's still okay to, to talk about the Passover and do that, but we need to understand in Christ, there's a new covenant. I'm going to pour out my blood for you that you never have to sacrifice a lamb again to be forgiven of your sins. These were Jews. They're like, what? We don't, have to, we don't have to sacrifice because He sacrifices for us. And he takes that bread and, and He broke it and He says, This is my body. It's broken for you. Do it in remembrance of me. So now at the Seder dinner, we do it in remembrance of, of Jesus. We just have a small portion of the Seder dinner once a month breaking the bread. His body broken for us. He did it thinking of you and thinking of me. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that knowing what was coming, enduring the cross for the joy set before you, we're his joy. You let yourself be broken. And we thank you and remember you. Let's take the bread. Scriptures teach us that in the same manner he took the cup and he said this is the blood of a new covenant. We thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to find a perfect lamb and sacrifice it every year in Jerusalem. We thank you that you died for our sins. Forgive us of anything that is now separating us from you. And we thank you that all of our sins are under the blood of Jesus. Let's take a drink together.
Hallelujah. It's the power of his name. Giants fall. Highways are opened. Mountains crumble. Shackles fall off. Thank you, God, for life, for freedom, for liberty, for hope, for peace, for joy, for redemption, for community. We thank you for all the blessings that are in Christ Jesus, for all believers that are also in Christ Jesus. Bless us this day, this week. Continue to, to lead us through this Passion Week. Help us to, to really be mindful of everything that happened that we might get as much as we can out of this week and grow on our journey to the cross in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Hey, give a hand up for Kenny, our bass player for the day, too. Woo!